Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the third installment of They Made Their Way to the Ring. First off, sorry for the delay, I had a nightmare last month. I picked up a flu bug, we then had Christmas and New Year, which is a busy time in itself. Then I got another flu bug. But I'm back, I've done my research, I've brought my opinions, and as always, I'd welcome yours. So again, you can find me over on Twitter at Slee underscore Ryan, and there I'd welcome all your feedback, questions, and thoughts on the topics we've discussed today. So without any more delays, because I've had enough of those, let's get back to it. Here is episode three of They Made Their Way to the Ring. So just for recapping purposes, my aim is to recognise and discuss the women who I believe changed the face of women's wrestling through their hard work, whether it be in the ring, at ringside, or behind the scenes, however they may have contributed. Last time I covered the iconic Trish Stratus, and the very first week I started with the GOAT of all time, well, the GOAT voice of all time, Lillian Garcia. This week I'm going to do things a little bit differently. I want to mention a few of the women I believe made statements in the early 90s to 2000s Divas era. I'll mention some accolades they hold but then focus solely on two women I believe closed out the early 2000s Divas division before the Divas era became a little messy shall we say. So yeah first off China an absolute monster of the women's division. She's the only female to hold the WWF Intercontinental Championship and was a former WWF Women's Champion and also, in my opinion, a crucial part of DX. I'm not going to lie, we always like a woman in a stable, right? Stephanie McMahon, daddy's billion dollar princess, who sadly now has left the company. For me, that hurt. It was a bad move, but I'm not going to get too much into that. Vince should never have come back. Yeah, so she's a former women's champion, the baddest heel in the business. She's a boss in a suit and a slayer in the ring. In recent years, Stephanie has killed it in the ring. Love her or hate her, you can't deny she's given her life to the business. And for that, I do say thank you, Steph. Victoria, a former two-time WWE women's champion and I believe a five-time knockouts champion in TNA Impact Wrestling. So do you have a good storyline for Victoria? Because my favourite was The List. Do you remember that? And yes, it was better than any list Chris Jericho had, in my opinion. She took care of divas like Candice Michelle, Maria, and longtime rival Tori Wilson on a route to becoming women's champion once again, but sadly fell short to Mickey James not recapturing the title. Molly Holly, or Mighty Molly, whichever alter ego you like, I believe she deserves a mention here. She had a great WrestleMania moment. Yep, the head shave. A former two-time women's champion, hardcore champion, and 2021 Hall of Famer. And was also responsible for the beginning of Beth Phoenix, the Glamazon's career. Please look that up. That is a good story. Last but not least, Tori Wilson. She brought the diva to the divas division. While she wasn't the best in-ring competitor, she brought the entertainment. I enjoyed her feuds with Victoria. Her last televised match was on my birthday. November 23rd. It kind of felt like a personal goodbye to me. (laughs) In my own head, that is. She's a 2019 Hall of Fame inductee. And I will say, I do feel like Tori was robbed. Do you think she should have been women's champion? No, I don't. Only because she lacked the fight that the likes of Trish, Lita and Victoria had. She was good in the ring, but not great. But do I feel she could have been Divas champion? Absolutely, I do. Tori had a lengthy career and I do believe only one shot at the Women's Championship. That was against Molly Holly, but 
again, yeah, Tory was around long enough to have had a Divas title run. That's what I feel anyway. Other notable Divas from that era, Alundra Blaze, Ivory, Jacqueline, Jazz, Sable, Stacey Keebler, Maria, Ashley, Candice Michelle. The list just goes on and on. The women brought something to the fans. We all wanted to see more of them for many different reasons. In the ring, whether it be singles matches, tag team matches, my favourite, battle royals, we just couldn't get enough of the Divas, whether you care to admit it or not. So I'm not here to bash any Diva, because at the end of the day, good in the ring or not, they all followed the dreams and made it to the biggest stage. Mm, Not WrestleMania, but WWE. So my focus for this week, like I said, is on not one, but two iconic Divas, or superstars, legends, Lita and Mickey James. Mickey James, who this past week won her last rodeo and took home the Knockouts Championship, making her a five-time world champion in Impact. 11-time world champion in total between WWE, TNA, Impact Wrestling. The other six times being women's champion, five times, and a one-time Divas champion. So, I'll start off with the fiery redhead Lita. Again, a former multiple women's champion, someone who wasn't afraid to get down and dirty in the ring. (laughs) Just ask Edge. A competitor known for Alita, DDT and Moonsault. Another deserving Hall of Famer. She was the other half to Trish in my opinion. There was no Lita without Trish and no Trish without Lita. I'm sure most of you agree with that. These two, be it as enemies or best friends, killed it every time they stepped in the ring. And the matchups are still talked about today. Ask Alundra Blaze, she's a tad sick of them, apparently. <laughs> So I'm going to take it back to the year 2000 when Lita made her debut. Not long after her first televised matches, she hooked up with the Hardy Boys. A relationship, a tag team that would go on to last almost five years. So whilst managing, Lita would not be a stranger to a fight herself and won her first of four championships in August of 2000 when she defeated Stephanie McMahon for the Women's Championship. Sadly, she would soon drop the title and go back to being more of a ringside figure, the Hardy Boys manager. Her relationship with Matt Hardy blossomed and would soon become public knowledge. This was a storyline that would go on to involve many other superstars, Kane and Snitsky to name a few. Lita was seen as a diva who would bounce from man to man, but my favourite version of Lita was the Lita we got by Edge's side. She meant business. I liked her style, her energy, and I do think that they should have been more of a power couple. Edge, the WWE champion, and Lita, the women's champion. Whilst this did happen around the Cyber Sunday mark, I think it should have been treated as a major angle lasting months. It could have been something quite special, like a real threat to the division. Kane's obsession with Lita occupied much of 2004, and the duo of Kane and Lita became popular among the WWE universe. But she did betray him in 2005 as a fondness for Edge revealed itself. The rated R couple were gaining momentum, and again found themselves in a familiar fight due to Matt Hardy's WWE return. After it had been revealed that Lita's long-term relationship with Matt ended due to her affair with Edge, the two superstars battled throughout the summer of 2005 with Lita often interfering on behalf of the ultimate opportunist. While in her fourth reign as women's champion, Lita decided to end her career in the fall of 2006 and was determined to retire with the title, much like her rival Trish Stratus, I might add. It was not to be though, because Mickey James defeated her at Survivor Series and Crime Time added insult to injury by giving away her personal items to the crowd. I never really got that angle. Obviously it came from the whole chance, but still it felt a little bit weird. I'm not sure if that was just me or, or what, but uh, I'm not sure if, if it was a good thing for her character. I don't know. 
So Lita was the anti-diva. She wasn't the typical blonde hair and revealing ring gear. She stood out. Her wild coloured hair and punk rock gear showed a different side to an ever-growing divas division. Lita was a fighting champion. Again, I don't think she was always the best in the ring. Maybe you do, but I'm not denying she could wrestle. She brought the E to the entertainment and remains to this day a popular part of the WWE conversation. So once Trish had left the business, I do believe WWE wanted to pass the torch to Mickey, have her going from the underdog, crazy obsessed fan to being the champ, the new Trish. But for me, it didn't work out like that. Like I said, it was always Trish and Lita. Now we find ourselves in a time where Mickey was taken over as the new popular champion and Lita remaining the ever popular heel. But it switched my mindset. It didn't go to plan. In my last podcast, I did say I was always a Trish Stratus fan, Trish over Lita. But I couldn't get to like Mickey James. I tried, but I couldn't. So with Trish gone, suddenly Lita became my new favourite. It's just weird how these stories affect you, isn't it? <laughs> but who did you have on this angle? Were you Lita or were you Mickey? Lita would return to the ring on occasions. The Royal Rumble matches, the first all-women's pay-per-view evolution. But my favourite moment was when she challenged Becky Lynch to the Raw Women's title. The same title she unveiled at the start of the Women's Revolution. Lita put on a spectacle. It's true what they say, a professional sports person just never loses it. She could hang in that ring for sure. I think she could have another title run today. Some might not agree, but I can see it. I just can't see who I would pit her against. I just, I don't think there's many on that level that could take on the legendary Lita. I just, maybe you do. I'm not sure also how I felt about Lita's proposal to the man, Becky Lynch. It was very random. Like, it did work, but I wasn't expecting it. Maybe that's a good thing. Good booking from creative. Um, it did work. But I did think we had another passing of the torch moment. See, some people say Becky and Charlotte are today's Trish and Lita. I've heard it. I, I don't know how I feel about agreeing to it. I think everyone has their own accolades people shouldn't be compared they've all worked hard to get to where they are today so there doesn't need to be a new modern day person of the past if you get me so i chose this podcast to cover more on the mickey james cycle it comes sort of full circle i've covered a breakout now i want to take it to the current day talking more things mickey with her being an active talent right now she's still fighting hard so, I already covered in my last podcast how Mickey burst onto the scene, but let's talk about a later run. A most talked about feud besides the obvious is a story with the most despised diva duo, Lay Cool, Michelle McCool and Layla. Again, you're probably thinking, is he wired right? What is wrong with him? But I had Lay Cool all the way. I loved what they represented. I mean, let's be honest, it's only a storyline. They took on and took down every diva that stood in their way, but their biggest thorn was Mickey James without a doubt. Mickey fended off the likes of Michelle McCool, Melina and Beth Phoenix on her way to capturing, defending and even losing her titles. She had six separate runs as champion and became the second diva in WWE history to hold both the women's and divas championships and was seen as a long-time face for the company. A big standout moment for Mickey was finally defeating the undefeatable Beth Phoenix in London, England. My home country, y'all. Beth had been defeating Divas left, right and centre. Nobody could match her power. Mickey failed countless times to overcome the champion, but in April of 2008, Mickey dethroned the champion and received a standing ovation. This match put Mickey back on the map as being an actual threat once again. She was at the top of the Divas division. Another big match I enjoyed was Mickey versus Melina at Backlash. 
the sucker punch from Molina after pretending to have lost an eyelash or something. Quality. What a diva move. I was glad when Molina kept the women's championship, to be honest, because like I said, I was never really a Mickey fan back then. Back in those days, something that we don't see much of now was a clear line down the middle. Face and heels, pay-per-view matches of good versus bad. One of my other favourites that involved Mickey was Backlash 2008. A 12 Diva tag match. Trust me, I was just as excited, if not more, than Jerry Lawler. It was the team of... Okay, here we go. I'm going to get my Lillian Garcia on again. It's becoming a theme, this. <clears throat> the team of the WWE Women's Champion, Mickey James, Maria, Ashley, Michelle McCool, Cherry, and Kelly Kelly. And their opponents, Beth Phoenix, the Glamazon, Melina, Jillian, Victoria, Natalia, and Layla. Was that good? Nah, I don't think so either. But I'll still keep doing it. Mickey left the company in April 2010, but reappeared in the autumn of 2016 to challenge the undefeated Asuka for the NXT Women's Championship. Now, this was pretty predictable. I knew Mickey wasn't going to win this bout because it really wouldn't make sense to bring someone with her legacy down to NXT. But in early 2017, after we thought that was it for Mickey, it was revealed that she was the masked mystery woman on SmackDown who was helping then-champion Alexa Bliss to dominate Becky Lynch. Mickey then somehow got lost in the mix, I think. She wasn't booked very well. She could have been used to elevate certain superstars, or she could have been used as a top star in the women's title picture, but it wasn't to be. I didn't get her fights with Absolution or Lana. I really feel that I should have been up there with the likes of the four horsewomen. She didn't have to hold a title, but let her be a threat, dominate the matches like the Mickey back then used to. So Mickey again left the company in the controversial firings in 2021, but would later return once more to be part of the popular annual Women's Royal Rumble match, which, can I just say, I cannot wait for this year's. Only two weeks or something. It's my favourite pay-per-view of the year. 30 women in the ring at the same time. Like I said, Battle Royals are my favourite matches, but a Royal Rumble, honestly, it's quality. So last year, she made history once again in a huge way. She hardcore countryed her way to the ring. Impact Knockouts title belt in hand. That issued a turning point for me. I'd never hated on Mickey. I don't know what it was. I just couldn't connect with it. But that moment made me think, yeah, it's Mickey effing James. I was suddenly rooting for her like never before. Who would have thought that though? Under Vince's management, an Impact title on WWE TV? Yeah, not me. That was a huge pop for me. I loved it. It sort of gestures that in the near future, who knows what could happen or who we could see. Do you see maybe a matchup or two between Impact or AEW? Is it simply too soon? I'd like to see it happen. Maybe Jade Cargill versus Bianca Belair or Deanna Perrazzo and Becky Lynch. Maybe a women's war game match between WWE, Impact and AEW. Well, yeah, I'm getting carried away here. But what are some of your dream matchups? Mickey for sure will be a Hall of Famer. I don't know when, but it'll come. I think the only person rightly who could induct it would be Trish Stratus. It would have to be, wouldn't it? Mickey even agreed to this herself when a fan asked her who she'd like to induct her. She's currently found work and impact on her last rodeo. She's been rising through the ranks to the top of the division. The plan was to face Jordan Grace at Hard to Kill, and should she lose the match, her career is over. She's faced the likes of Mia Yim, Giselle Shaw... 
Chelsea Green and Diona and has beaten Jordan for the title. So I'm a little bit confused. Is it the end of the last rodeo now? Like, I'm not sure how this plays out. Could she take another loss? Anyone, any ideas on what's next? I must admit, I still haven't seen the match. I've seen the highlights and all the after buzz and I'm glad to see Mickey became a five-time knockouts champion. She definitely deserved that win. She's a likeable character and kills it in the ring and I'm telling you, she can still go. Now, imagine her going back to the Rumble this year, winning, then on to WrestleMania for a retirement match. Champion versus champion against Charlotte. There wouldn't have to be a title on the line. I think that match would just sell. She recently stated it would be a dream match, to be fair. And like I keep saying, until recent, I've not always been a Mickey fan, but I recognise greatness when I see it, and she deserves a sellout goodbye on a bigger stage than Impact. That's no disrespect to Impact Wrestling, but that stage just isn't big enough. So, I'd like to wrap up and finish on a note where I tell you how I think these two women change women's wrestling. Lita, like I mentioned earlier, wasn't afraid to stand out and be different. She wasn't the typical girly diva, and I think that alone was a huge thing to do in this male-dominated industry. The divas were seen to be eye candy, but Lita stayed true to herself. She paved the way for other punk divas to come along, like Ashley, Paige, and Cora Jade. Girls who could fight, but weren't your typical diva diva, if that makes sense. Diversity is always a good thing. Mickey, I feel, wasn't afraid to go deep into storylines. She's proven she could tell a story, not just with her fists, but with her words and actions too. She's brought a new side to the Divas era. She brought the crazy eyes. People loved what she brought, and I truly believe, as much as I disliked her character then, a women's revolution began on the day Mickey entered the WWE. They had something special, and they knew how to run with it. Mickey took the division and elevated it. These two women, much like Trish Stratus and Lillian Garcia, are two more women which I believe truly put the spark in women's wrestling and they didn't just pave the way, they literally smashed down doors. So, what's next for Mickey? I feel she's elevated the Impact brand, brought it up to be a contender against WWE and AEW. She brings the talk and let's face it, talk brings money. Do I think she's the highest mountain in the wrestling world? I'm not sure but I know she's one of the few mountains in a wrestling world in a sea of hills should she defend that title in impact or go against other women in other promotions I personally would like to see Mickey versus Melina again I mean could that happen they're both still fighting I'd like to see Mickey face a whole host of women some names I'd like to see her face again are Michelle McCool Beth Phoenix Maybe see her mix it up with Charlotte Flair, Soraya, Jade Cargill. Who do you think? Who would you pay money to see Mickey face? Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. This has been episode three. Who'd have thought? Please give positive and constructive feedback. Send me any ideas you have to help this podcast grow. And again, you can find me over on Twitter at Slee underscore Ryan. And I'll see you all soon for episode four. They made their way to the ring.